All right, for those of you that are maybe visiting with us and just have come in, and just as a reminder, because the service is a totally different layout than normal today, the young people will be staying in here uh, for the remainder of the service. And uh, as I mentioned before, we're going to break apart. This is a special day dedicated to the music of Crossroads. And uh, even throughout the sermon, we're going to be looking at different pieces of music as part of the message today. And the message will be broken into three sections with music in between those sections. But we want to start out today, and, and the first thing I want us to look at today are some pictures of redemption. We mentioned that last week we studied Jesus Christ, our Savior. Today we are looking at Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Next Sunday we will look at Jesus Christ, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And then next Sunday night for our candlelight service, we'll look at Jesus Christ, the light of the world. And so I want us today, as we, as we start out, if you have your Bibles, I want to turn to Isaiah 35. I would just like to look at some pictures of redemption from the Old Testament. You know, one of the things I love uh, about the Bible is that uh, so much of it speaks back and forth. The Old Testament speaks to the New Testament. The New Testament refers back to the Old Testament. And it, it's just wonderful to see how God in his wisdom put this book together for us. And, and it just speaks to each other. And we get some great pictures of redemption from the Old Testament. Isaiah 35 and starting in verse 1 says this, it says, The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it, the excellency of Carmel and Sharon, and they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Say to them that are our fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. And then drowned in verse 9. We talked about salvation last week. He will come and save you. Then notice what it says in verse 9. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. And we see in that verse there, we see the words, but the redeemed shall walk there. The redeemed shall walk there. And then over to Jeremiah, just for a second, Jeremiah chapter 31 and starting in verse 6, Jeremiah 31, and starting in verse 6, it says this. It says, For there shall be a day that the, uh, that the watchmen upon the mount Ephraim shall cry, Arise ye, and let us go up to Zion unto the Lord our God. For thus saith the Lord, Sing with gladness for Jacob, and shout among the chief of the nations. Publish ye praise, ye, pra publish ye praise ye, and say, O Lord, save thy people, the remnant of Israel. Behold, I will bring them from the north country and gather them from the coasts of the earth, and with them the blind and lame, the woman with child, and her that travaileth with child together. A great company shall return thither. They shall come with weeping and with supplications will I lead them. I will cause them to walk by the rivers of water in the straight way, wherein they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Hear the word of the Lord, O ye nations, and declare it in the isles afar off, and say, He that scattereth Israel will gather him and keep him, as a shepherd doth his flock. For the Lord hath 
redeemed Jacob and ransomed him from the hand of him that was stronger than he. Therefore they shall come and sing in the height of Zion and shall flow together to the goodness of the Lord for wheat and for wine and for oil and for the young of the flock and of the herd. And their soul shall be as, water, as a water garden and they shall not sorrow any more at all. And then back into Isaiah one last time. Isaiah in chapter 49 and starting at the second half of verse 23. Isaiah uh, 49 and starting at the second half of verse 23. Well, I'll read all of 23. It says, And kings shall be thy nursing fathers and their queens thy nursing mothers. They shall bow down to thee with their face toward the earth and lick up the dust of thy feet. And thou shalt know that I am the Lord, for they shall not be ashamed that wait for me. Shall the prey be taken from the mighty and the lawful captive delivered? But thus saith the Lord, even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away, and the prey of the terrible shall be delivered. For I will contend with him that contendeth with thee, and I will save thy children, and I will feed them that oppress thee with their own flesh, and they shall be drunken with their own blood as with sweet wine. And all flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am thy Savior and thy Redeemer the mighty one of Jacob. Three passages, folks, that clearly speak and, and are prophetic in nature, pointing to the future redemption of Israel and the future redemption of us. And, uh, and we, we praise the Lord that these verses are there, an encouragement to us, something that we can look forward to, and, and the fact that Jesus Christ brings redemption to us. Uh, we know that man lives in a fallen state, and he needs a redeemer. And that's what Jesus Christ came to be. He came to be our redeemer. I know in Job, uh, the passage says, I know that my redeemer liveth. And uh, let's turn over just for a moment to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2 is probably the, one of the most famous passages of Scripture in all the Bible because it's in Luke chapter 2 that the story of redemption begins to unfold. And this is our second point today, the path of the Redeemer. We know that the, the Scripture prophesied that, that God would redeem His people. And, uh, and so what did that look like? Well, it looked like Luke chapter 2 and starting in verse 6. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which, is to come, which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all that they heard it 
wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Folks, that's probably one of the most familiar passages of Scripture in all of the Bible. Many of us could probably quote several of those verses because we've heard them read so many times over the years. But folks, this was the path of the Redeemer. Jesus Christ came to this earth and he was born in a manger. Not the path we would expect. Not the path that we would have probably planned. As a matter of fact, it definitely wasn't the path that Israel was looking for because they were looking for what? A conquering king. They were looking for somebody that was going to take care of the Roman Empire once and for all. And instead, the Messiah came in a manger. You know, there is music that has been written that demonstrates the, the, the disparity of what we would expect and what really happened that day. We sing the song, how should a king come? Even a child knows the answer, of course. In a coach of gold with a pure white horse. In the beautiful city in the prime of the day. And the trumpets should cry and the crowds make way. And the flags fly high in the morning sun. And the people all cheer for the sovereign one. And everyone knows that's the way that it's done. That's the way that a king should come. But folks, that's not how Jesus Christ came as our Redeemer. I found a beautiful song the other day as I was studying for this message and listening to music in my office. And it was a song I'd never heard before. And it, it's entitled, How Low Was Our Redeemer Brought? And here's what it says. How low was our Redeemer brought? The King who held the stars lay helpless in a maiden's arms and pressed against her heart. While sheep and cattle raised their voice, the babe could speak no words. The ever-flowing spring of joy had come to share our thirst. How low was our Redeemer brought? The Lord, the world's obeyed, would stumble as he learned to walk the ground he had made. The one the angels bowed before would kneel to wash our feet. And be at home among the poor, though he owned everything. How low was our Redeemer brought to raise us from our shame? And now the highest praise of all belongs to Jesus' name. The healer wounded on a tree to bear our grief and sin. The king gave up his crown so we could ever reign with him. See, folks, there is huge disparity in what we would expect of the Redeemer. We would have expected Jesus to come as King of Kings, just like the Israelites did. They wanted a conquering king. And instead, the Redeemer came to mankind in the lowliest of form, as a baby laid in a feeding trough of animals. That's how the Redeemer came. That was the path of redemption that Jesus Christ came with. And now Sadie and Alyssa are going to come and they're going to have a special force followed by Melissa.
Until the Son of God appears, rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free. Thine own from Satan's tyranny. From depths of hell thy people save. And give them victory o'er the grave. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come thou, day spring, come and cheer our spirits by thine advent here. Disperse the gloomy clouds of night and death's dark shadows put to flight. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. O come, desire of nations bind, all peoples in one heart and mind. Bid envy, strife, and quarrel cease. Fill the whole world with heaven's peace. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. You listen to the words of that song, O come, O come, Emmanuel and ransom captive Israel. What a beautiful thought as we think about our Redeemer. And you know, it's interesting that I spent a lot of time this last week studying every time in the scripture that the word redeem, redeemer, redeemed, every single time it appears in scripture. And you know, so often, so often it is tied to song, to a song being sung, a song of redemption or praise and joy, as that song just sang, uh, was just sung for us. And so we see that throughout the scripture, and one of the places we clearly see that is in the book of Revelation. If you want to turn over with me to Revelation <coughs> chapter 5, and this is our third point today, a song of redemption. Revelation chapter 5, and starting in verse 9, it says, And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast, what? Redeemed us to God by the, thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and hast made us under our God kings and priests, and we shall reign 
on the earth. And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne, and the beasts and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000, and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which, was in which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, Heard I saying, Blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. But folks, we see in this passage a new song being sung. And it's a song because Jesus Christ redeemed us to God. He redeemed us to God. You know, John Newton lived from 1725 to 1807. And if you know much about John Newton's life, John Newton spent, spent much of his time as a captain of several different slave ships. He was, he was a slave trader and, and captain ships that moved slaves back and forth between places. As a matter of fact, there was a period of time, which I did not know this, in his life where he actually himself was a slave in what is now uh, Sierra Leone. And he spent time as a slave, even though he had been a slave trader. And after uh, retirement, he continued to invest in the slave trade. That was his life, and, uh, and that's what he practiced. But it, something happened in 1748, and he came to know the Lord as a Savior. And that changed everything. Because this slave trader... And once a slave himself, became a priest. And he preached against slavery, a man that had practiced it virtually his entire life. And in 1767, about 19 years later, the poet William Cowper uh, began to attend the church where Newton pastored. And they corroborated on a volume of hymns that was later published. Among them was a hymn that was entitled, Faith's Review and Expectation. And we're all looking at each other going, I've never heard of that hymn before. That's because that was what its original name was. But as it was published, the name was changed to the first phrase in the song, Amazing Grace. Amazing Grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. T'was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Through many dangers, toils, and snares, I have already come. Tis grace hath brought me safe thus far. And grace will lead me home. The Lord has promised good to me. His word my hope secures. He will my shield and portion be. As long as life endures. Yea, when this flesh and heart shall fail. And mortal life shall cease. I shall possess within the veil. A life of joy and peace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine, but God who called me here below 
will be forever mine. When we've been there 10,000 years, bright shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing God's praise than when we've first begun. Folks, John Newton understood redemption. He understood it because he lived it first in his life as a slave himself. And he was redeemed from slavery when a man that his father hired helped to get him released from the slave owner that held him. And so he understood redemption in this physical life. But he also understood redemption in the spiritual life as well. He understood what it meant to be redeemed. He understood what it meant for someone to pay the ransom for his life. And, you know, I found an article that he had written, and the article was entitled, A Song of Redemption. And in that article, he makes three very specific points to ponder when it comes to redemption. He talks about, and I'm going to paraphrase him here, he talks about the benefit of Christ's redemptive work. He talks about the price of Christ's redemptive work. And then he talks about the extent of Christ's redemptive work. Talks about the benefit, the price, and the extent. And I want to look at those for just a, a few minutes this morning as the main portion of our message today. Redemption or ransom speaks to the issue of being imprisoned for a debt or being found in a state of bondage or slavery. When we think about ransom or redemption, that's what comes to mind. We are in a state that needs one of those two things. And Newton, in this article, he said this. He said, from these ideas taken together, we uh, may, may face some uh, estimate of the misery of our fallen state. I thought that's pretty good. He understood we, when we look at what our life needs, we understand our fallen state. But not just that, he said, we can neither understand the grace nor enjoy the comfort of the gospel, but in proportion as we have a heartfelt and abiding condition, conviction of our wretched condition as sinners. John Newton basically said, folks, we can't understand redemption. We can't understand ransom for our lives until we recognize how bad off our lives really are. You know, folks, it's often been said the first thing you got to do to help somebody come to a saving knowledge of the Lord is help them come to a knowledge that they're lost. You're never, nobody's ever going to come to Christ unless they realize the estate that their life is in, unless they realize that they're a sinner and they need a Savior. They need a Redeemer. And, folks, every single one of us walked through life in the same bondage that John Newton did. Every single one of us is, is in bondage to Satan and to the sin that's in our life. But we have a Redeemer, Jesus Christ, who shed his blood on the cross of Calvary for each one of us. Newton understood that probably more clearly than a lot of people. But folks, we have to understand today, in Jesus Christ, we find ransom, we find rescue, and we find redemption. These things are found in our Savior. Over into Acts, Acts 26. We'll just turn over there for a second today. Acts chapter 26, and starting in verse 14, it says this. 
It says, And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. Now we know the story. We know Saul going out, persecuting Christians. Christ comes, blinds him on the road to Damascus. And, uh, and, and so we know that story if we know the scripture. And then in verse 15, Saul still says this, And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. And then verse 16, and if your Bible's in red, you see this is in red. This is the writing, Jesus Christ speaking, written in red. It says, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness, both of these things which thou hast seen of those things in which I will appear unto thee delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee. And notice what he says, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Listen, folks, Saul, later to become Paul, was met on the road to Damascus by Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ said uh, that I have a job for you to do. And the job is to go out and spread the gospel for this purpose, so that men's eyes might be opened, so that darkness may be turned to light, so that man may be released from the power of Satan, and so that man is given an inheritance. Folks, that is what we have in our Redeemer today. We have that very thing. The people that walked in darkness, the scripture says, have seen great light. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, will deal with that next week. But folks, that's what we gain in our Redeemer. That's the benefit of redemption. Eyes that were once blinded are now opened. Lives that lived in darkness now lived in the light. Man that was once in bondage to Satan, released from Satan's power. And man who had no inheritance is given an inheritance. Folks, that's the benefit of redemption today. What about the price? Of the price of redemption, Newton states this. He says, the sentence denounced by the law against transgressors was death. And therefore, when Messiah became our surety to satisfy the law for us, he must die. See, Newton understood, folks, that there was a heavy price to be paid for the redemption of mankind. There was a price to be paid. Hebrews 11.22 says, without shedding of blood is no remission. See, folks, there is only one way and one way only for us to have our sins forgiven and to, and to gain the benefits we just talked about, and that's that there had to be a blood sacrifice. That's what was required. Death. And that's what Jesus Christ did. Over in Acts, just a couple chapters back from where we were, Acts chapter 20, and starting in, ver and in verse 28, it says this, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his blood. See, folks, the price of redemption was high. The price of redemption demanded death and for blood to be shed. And that's what Jesus Christ did. 
Listen, folks, at Christmas, we don't often focus on the blood. We do that at Easter. We, we focus rather on the babe in the manger. It's a pretty picture, right? Tranquility, peace, baby in a manger crying, mother and father there, animals all around. That's what we focus on. But folks, the peacefulness and tranquility of that picture is not what redemption's about. Redemption is about the shedding of blood for your sins and mine. Listen, the Redeemer bled for you and me. He bled when they scourged his back. He bled when they pushed the crown of thorns into his head. He bled from his hands and his feet where they were pierced with the nails on that cross. And he bled when his side was pierced for the sword. Folks, the price of redemption was high, but Jesus Christ was willing to pay it. And because of that, we can stand redeemed today. There's a psalm, the blood that Jesus shed for me, way back on Calvary, the blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. It reaches to the highest mountain, it flows to the lowest valley. The blood that gives me strength from day to day, it will never lose its power. See, folks, we stand redeemed today if we've trusted in the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Well, we've seen the benefit of our redemption. We've seen the price of our redemption. What about the extent of our redemption? Let's just go back over to Romans 5 just for a moment. What does that redemption cover? Well, Romans 5 and verse 9 tells us. Oh, sorry, not Romans, Revelation, excuse me. Slip over Revelation 5 and verse 9. It says, and they sung a new song. We already mentioned that. Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou hast was slain and hast redeemed us unto God. And here's the extent of redemption, folks. By thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, folks. Jesus Christ's price that he paid for redemption was for all of mankind. It was for everyone. I really get tired of people that try to tell us that it was only for a certain group. Because the Bible is very clear that Jesus Christ's blood was a sufficient sacrifice for all of mankind. For all of mankind. The extent of redemption is to everyone who by faith trusts in the gift of God the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross. You know, at Christmas time, we, we exchange gifts. It's something we do. And uh, listen, Justin and Emmett are getting ready to head to Indiana. I hate that they have to travel during Christmas, but this year they do. But we opened their gifts at home yesterday. They got to open their presents from us, and, and we exchanged gifts. And, uh, you know, I gave, Joyce and I gave Alyssa a gift, and, you know, she could have opened that gift and said, nah, just give it back. Don't want it. She did not do that, by the way. I'm just saying. She could have, but she didn't. You know, Emmett opened his toys. He didn't turn around and hand them back to me and said, no, I really don't want them. No, he took those toys and wanted to play with them. He wanted Justin to open them immediately. And uh, 
when we get a gift, folks, we ex- receive it and we open it, we accept it. Well, Jesus Christ has offered us the gift of redemption, but we have to accept the gift. It's a gift of God, but we have to accept that. At this time, Alyssa's going to come with a special and then followed by John, who has our last special for the day.
In the little village of Bethlehem, there lay a child one day. And the sky was bright with a holy light for the place where Jesus lay. Alleluia, oh, how the angels sang. Alleluia, how it rang. And the sky was bright with a holy light. Twas the birthday of the King. Twas a humble birthplace, but oh, how much God gave to us that day. From the manger bed, what a path has led, what a perfect holy way. Alleluia, how the angels sang. Alleluia, how it rang. And the sky was bright with a holy light. Twas the birthday of the King. As we think about Revelation 5 and the Song of Redemption, I wanted to just take a, a few minutes today to, to think about um, some of the songs of redemption that we sing. I have a song I love to sing since I have been redeemed, of my Redeemer, Savior, King, since I have been redeemed. Since I have been redeemed, since I have been redeemed, I will glory in his name. Since I have been redeemed, I will glory in my Savior's name. Or how about redeemed, how I love to proclaim it, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, redeemed through his infinite mercy, his child and forever I am. I think of my blessed Redeemer, I think of him all the day long. I sing, for I cannot be silent. His love is the theme of my song. I know I shall see in his beauty the king in whose law I delight, who lovingly guardeth my, guardeth my footsteps and giveth me songs in the night. Folks, we sing the songs of redemption, what Jesus Christ did for us. Let's just look at a couple passages of scripture as we conclude today. Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3. And uh, starting in verse 13, Galatians 3 and verse 13, it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is every one that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Christ hath redeemed us. From the curse of the law. And then just over one chapter into chapter 4 and verse 4. 
But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman made under the law to redeem them that were under the law that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Wherefore, thou art no more a servant, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Says to redeem them that were under the law. And then over just into Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1 and starting in verse 7. It says, In whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he hath purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of fullness of times he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Folks, Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. And I want to leave you today with one final song. I will sing of my Redeemer and his wondrous love to me. On the cruel cross he suffered from the curse to set me free. I will tell the wondrous story how my lost estate to save. In his boundless love and mercy, he the ransom freely gave. I will praise my dear Redeemer, his triumphant power I'll tell. How the victory he giveth over sin and death and hell. I will sing of my Redeemer and his heavenly love to me. He from death to life hath brought me, Son of God, with him to be. In the chorus, sing, O sing of my Redeemer. With his blood he purchased me. On the cross he sealed my pardon, paid the debt, and made me free. Listen, folks, throughout the scripture, redemption is associated with joy and praise and singing. Folks, may we always remember that the babe in the manger is the redeemer of mankind. Let's close our eyes and bow our heads for just a moment this morning. Maybe you're here today and you've never heard the story of redemption. Maybe you know the Christmas story, but you never realized that Jesus Christ came to this earth with one purpose, and that purpose was to shed his blood on the cross of Calvary to purchase our redemption so that we could be redeemed. Jesus Christ fulfilled the Father's will in doing that. And we have the opportunity today to accept that free gift of salvation. But if you're here today in our services, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, let me encourage you today, don't leave without talking to somebody. In a moment, we're going to stand. I'm going to ask the piano to just play a verse of a song. And if if you don't know Jesus as your Savior but would like to know more about that, you can come down to the front and I'll have somebody take a Bible and they'll show you how you can know for sure today 
that you're saved. So you can enjoy that redemption as you walk out the doors today. And folks, if you're in this room today and you've accepted that free gift salvation, you're, you're already part of the redeemed. Let's walk out today with a song on our lips and rejoicing in our hearts. Because we know today, as Job said, our Redeemer liveth. Let's stand with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Elizabeth's going to play. We wait just for a moment today. <laughs>